welcome to the Side Letting Podcast, the place we discuss all the latest games on in the world of football, play a couple of games, and almost definitely go off on a tangent or two. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my cousin, but most importantly, my co-host, Kieran Burke. Kieran, how are you getting on? Good evening to you, sir. And yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty well myself. Busy old start to the week, but we can't complain. The the nights are drawing in, the oh, chill is in the air. And Christmas is it, just around the corner. I was just about to say that myself. So there you go. Maybe not quite around the corner, but it does feel feels extra Christmassy this year. So uh exciting times ahead. You know the rules. Bonfire night is over, Christmas is full steam ahead. Exactly. November 6th onwards. But I do I do get you. I, I'm getting that little Christmassy vibe. I'm only on, what, the 14th of November, so... Ah, it's the right way to do it. Start yeah. early doors. Need yeah. something to look forward to. Oh, exactly. We'll be kicking on straight through. But aside from Christmas to look forward to, we also have some Premier League to warm our cockles, Keir. Some prime Ooh. Premier League over the weekend with Chelsea 4, Man City 4, and another Chelsea banger. Prime Barclays is the only way you can describe that game. What a game. What a game. It was just pure end to end. It was just it was just vibes really, wasn't it? No it was team a pure really vibes game. Too bothered about defending. Few good goals in there, few bad decisions which comes with every Premier League game it seems like at the moment. Nearly um, nearly got a weekend through without a controversial decision. We were so nearly, close. We were so nearly. close. The last one of the weekend, it was only right before an international break that VAR dominates the the headlines. But aside from that, we should really focus on the game because what a game it was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was one of the, considering the games we've had this season, one of the best games of the season, if not the best game of the season. Just, as you say, a complete vibes-a-thon with... Probably the worst City have looked defensively in a mm. very long time, which will probably go on, rightfully, I guess, go under the radar because of how entertaining the game was. But I've not seen City look so open defensively no. in a long time. City just don't concede four goals in a game. It no. Just, it doesn't happen. I mean, that's a, a sign of encouragement for the rest of the league, really, I guess, that you can get at them. I think with Chelsea, it's a weird one because we, we were talking... Um, over the weekend and saying how, you know, they've they've had a few real good results l- lately, Chelsea, obviously. The point against City, that's a very good result for them. Obviously, they drew with Arsenal 2 all, and then beating Spurs as well. I think playing against the so-called bigger teams that kind of come out and attack yeah. them suits Chelsea more. Their style of play, they're not a team that are going to dominate the ball and really get in behind teams that have like that low block that's where they really seem to struggle and probably why they've lost a lot of games this season against so-called lesser opposition but when they've got a team that comes at them kind of gives them that chance to lap it up and then counter them with their kind of forward plays they've got obviously Palmer's been getting a lot of praise I've seen in the last couple of days as a player that you know on a good bit of form obviously most of his goals have been penalties but just when you watch the game you can see he does he does just go at players. He gives that bit of, you know, unpredictability to to that Chelsea attack. Yeah, so as part of the wider game, he's one of he's definitely one of the Chelsea players that have really stepped up. He was very good against us. He was yeah. very good at the weekend against City. I think he was he was also very good against Spurs as well. Like regardless of getting goals, and as you say, most of them have come from penalties. In general, he's been very very good, especially in these big games. Yeah, 
Definitely, definitely. And and just touching back on City, obviously Haaland will score a couple of goals most games guaranteed. But um, I just think for them, shipping four, I think that might might be... I think it's probably good timing. It's not an, a disastrous result. No. They've picked up a point away at Chelsea, which in the grand scheme of things isn't the end of the world. Obviously, we've done the same All a couple the best of weeks ago. All the best teams do. But... I think the manner in which they kind of had points in that game where you you expect them to then control it, like they come out the traps yeah. at half time, gone three two up, and then allowed Chelsea back in. Then obviously Rodri scores late on, and they let always Chelsea back Rodri. in again. It is always him. I, I really don't like Rodri, but anyway, <laughs> he's a great player. But he's just. I think it goes back to that New Year's Day game when he scored oh, the winner against us, and I've had a yeah. hatred for him ever since. But um, he's an unbelievable player. But with City. We're so used to them just killing games off like that and seeing that out and not letting the other team touch the ball for about half an hour. But yeah, they they really did look quite vulnerable. And that's a credit to Chelsea as well, because they were able to just keep on going, keep on going and get at City without really dominating the ball. 100%. Um, It's something that I think it was Jamie Carragher said over the weekend where the games that City have dropped points this season is almost a template to other teams that if you go at City and you're prepared to be brave against City, that is almost a template to get points off them because it's been shown time and time again that if you're brave enough to try and get through this City team, yes, you'll be at risk at the back, but there's also real opportunity to score against them. I think the fear of this City team, the fear of a Pep team is starting to wane. No, I'd agree. And and yet they're still sat top, which is... The... Yeah, just, but that's, uh, that goes some city up. But yeah, it, I mean, as you said, there's nothing in it at the top now. Just looking at the table now, City top on 28 points, Liverpool second on 27, obviously us on 27 as well, Arsenal third, just what, one less goal difference and Liverpool, yeah. Spurs on 26 and even Villa in fifth on 25. It's It's madness. I don't remember a season so close. I know we're 12 games in, but to have five teams... Yeah all within three points of each other, 12 games in. That's that's crazy. Yeah, usually usually you have one or maybe three teams at this point, I reckon. But to yeah. have five teams that close together, and even, even United and Newcastle were, are only eight points, seven and eight points out respectively. How United are uh, six points off Arsenal <laughs> is just astounds me. I was actually speaking to... To a friend yesterday that supports Man United, and I just said to him, "You have, have absolutely no right to be in sick. It just seems like they're just quietly winning games. I think they're actually got the best form record in the Prem at the moment. I'm sure I read um, yesterday, which really is yes, it, it's quite baffling. I think they've won four of their last five. I mean, the teams they've played, yeah. let's get it right, have been teams you'd expect them to beat comfortably, and they've struggled in the games, but." They're still picking up the points, so I mean they're still they're still up there in terms of position and points, despite how poor they've been. But yeah, it just goes to show the quality this season with, in particular, those five teams. But obviously, you touched on Newcastle there. There's other teams in and around with quality to pick up points. Chelsea now, obviously, they're down in tenth, but it only takes a, a good run of games and wins to kind of start jumping up the table. So yeah, definitely. Really interesting to see how that uh, develops in the next few weeks and yeah, curse can... the international break because as oh. 
the Prem was starting to hot up. Yeah. We've got to contend with another at least, two weeks. At least it's a semi-excited international break where it's the roundup of these Euro qualifiers. So there'll be a couple of couple of big games over the next week where there'll be things happening yeah. and at least it's not like you use international break where it's dull as dishwater. At least there's something happening during yeah. this one. But you do mention yeah. United there and you say they're one one loss in five. But you think of those games, they just about beat Brentford. And I know I'm going to say just about four times here. And I do understand you do have to get your wins, but just about beat Brentford, just about beat Sheffield United, just about beat Fulham. And at the weekend, just about beat Luton. When you think about those teams, maybe Brentford aside, but you think about three of those four teams and how they've been this season, where they are this season, to be scraping past them. Not not great. And then they got absolutely humbled by Man City in that run as well. Yeah, I, I think the big worry for United is um, obviously the lack of goals. I, I saw a graphic the other day and it was like the combined front threes of all the teams in the top six or seven. And yeah. <laughs> you had Rashford, Anthony and Hoyland combined with one Premier League goal between them, which is absolutely madness. Quite surprisingly, Saka, Martinelli and Nketiah between them only had 10. We were actually quite low down on that list. But one, one goal between your kind of regular... I know Rashford was out with injury for, for a little while and Hoyland as well. But when they have played, they don't really look to have any real threat between them, which is why they've had to scrape wins yeah. with like the odd goal from a McTominay or someone popping up with a with a goal. Um, to to get them through, Maguire I think scored scored a winner recently as well. Whether that was Prem or Champions League, I, I can't actually remember. I think it was Prem, but yeah, I think that's the real worry. As you say, they're still picking up a few results, and that's no easy feat because like the likes of Fulham, we obviously um, drew against. No games are guaranteed, but the performance the performances for United have really been poor. Like I wouldn't dare put a United yeah. game on. At the oh, minute, I'd rather watch paint dry. Definitely. And then, but post-international break, they've got Everton. But then after Everton, you're looking at Newcastle, Chelsea, Bournemouth, then Liverpool, West Ham, Aston Villa. And that gets them through to, to the new year. Now, Everton, I feel like we, sh- we shouldn't be saying, oh, after Everton anymore, because they're actually oh, doing be... quite well. Like, United's going com- away to yeah. Everton. The it's confusion's starting to, starting to wane and maybe, just maybe, they're actually a mediocre team maybe. rather than a terrible team. Maybe. They could reach those dizzying heights. <laughs> dizzying um, heights of, of being just below average. Uh, you could be <laughs> near mid-table. Congratulations, Everton. Uh, but credit where it's due. We've, oh, we've called them we've shit got. every week. Yeah, and I'm just having a look at their form now. Obviously, 3-2 win away at Palace. Palace is not an easy place to go. And I think judging by predictions as well, we both didn't expect that one. Yeah. Draw into Brighton, a win away at West Ham, obviously a loss at Liverpool and then a 3-0 win against Bournemouth. Like They're in decent little yeah, form and you, there. Yeah, and you look at that Palace game as well. Like to have a team come back twice and then still yeah. be able to kill the game off towards the end. That's massive for your mentality. Big time. And I don't think Everton... I think a big question over them is where are their goals going to come from? Um, the fact that they scored three on the weekend, obviously yep. still not sort of a regular goal scorer in there with a present scoring goals. I know Calvert-Lewin's sort of kicking back on a little bit this season, obviously didn't score on the weekend, but 
I still think they're missing that. But the fact they're getting goals come from elsewhere is a real, real positive to them. So I think they just deserved a little bit of a recognition that yeah, maybe definitely. they're not as shit as we, uh, yeah. we give them credit for. Yeah, Decore's been there. I was going to say their main goal scorer, but he scored four. But he did pop up again at the weekend. He's their top yeah. goal scorer on four goals. You've got Calvert Lewin on three, and then Mikalenko on two as their third top goal yeah. scorer. I, I but think... A massive, a massive win against a, a mid-table rival, so to speak, in Crystal Palace there for Everton. One hundred percent. Yeah, and our our start of the season predictions is obviously something where we're going to go into shortly, but. I think we yeah. both had Everton in the relegation zone. Of course, they could still end up there. It's early It's a days, long season, but, yeah. Um, I think that shows, you know, fair play. They're, they're picking up some points against teams we wouldn't have expected them to. So, yeah, If you get those points play. against teams in and around you, that really rockets you up. They're the games. It's, and we spoke about it with other teams a lot over the last few weeks. Those are the games where you really need to be picking up points. Like, if you get a win against a big team, fantastic. But it's against like Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest, Fulham, that sort of bulk of teams that you really, and obviously the teams below you, that you really need to be picking up those points against. Yeah. Sort of mid-table fair. So yeah, a, a very big win for them. They're now only one point behind Wolves and Palace, who are both on 15. Got Brentford and Chelsea on 16. And then just below them, Everton on 14. So we were saying about tight... How tight is at the top with those sort of couple of points in the in the mid table, towards the end of the table as well. It's is quite tight. Sort of basically, you look just above the drop, where they're starting to fade further and further away. That bulk of teams is starting to really form in the mid to lower mid table. Yeah, ju- just on that kind of bottom area, obviously Bournemouth, massive. Massive win for them. Is he um, safe, kids? Is he safe? Well, my agenda's taken a big <laughs> blow <laughs> on the weekend. You didn't Still, know what to think. <laughs> I will continue till the day I die. <laughs> Get that fraud out. Iriola, it's time to go. It was the agenda. Uh, it was the Kieran agenda derby. It was Newcastle <laughs> straight off of that game against Arsenal and Bournemouth with the Iriola agenda. It was a big oh, a big internal battle, to, I'm sure. Didn't know which way to look in that one. But Newcastle losing games after, obviously, what happened with us the other week. I'll always welcome with open <laughs> arms. But sadly, um, I do fear that big Andoni's brought himself some time with that result. My agenda could have taken a blow. We're in um, November and still no seconds. I feel, I feel <laughs> like usually there's at least one or two gone. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. I think perhaps... Obviously, the newly promoted teams are all in the bottom three. Maybelline, Maybelline, Maybelline. Maybe, sorry, Maybelline. Maybe it's Maybelline. I think that bottom three, because they're newly promoted, obviously the expectations yeah. might have been lower going into the season. So there's not someone glaringly obvious that are massively underperforming where they would have expected to be um, towards the bottom. I'd say. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, it um, feels like whenever. Also, feels like whenever a team's sort of on the edge. Like there was a lot of talk around Moyes recently, and then they went and beat Nottingham Forest. There's been a talk, lot of talk about Iriola, and they went and won at the weekend at New- against Newcastle. It feels like whenever a manager's sort of on the precipice, they get a win to save them, sort of kick the can further down the road. Yeah, yeah. I think I think in particular, Big Andoni's brought himself a bit of time with that one because you look at that game. If they'd lost on the weekend, they're sat in 18th. Um, 12 games in, I think bringing the new manager in, even with that result, 
I'm not just uh, trying to force the agenda here, um, which obviously we'll go into when we talk around our start sounds of the like, season sounds predictions. Sounds like you're sending the pod to the, the old Bournemouth owners here. <laughs> but, if you'd have uh, lost that game, lads. Get him gone. Get him gone. But yeah, I, I think they're still... He's not had the impact they would have liked going into the season. You yeah. look at Gary O'Neill, who they got rid of, yeah. um, doing a really good job with Wolves this season. Obviously, we've not really spoke about that yet, but beating Spurs 2-1 on the weekend. Yeah, well, we can get straight into that. Between the third minute and the 90th minute, I think I nearly fell asleep on me mid-Saturday <laughs> afternoon. And then that Sarabia goal with oh, one of beautiful. the most beautiful occurrences of a commentator's curse. I've ever witnessed Darren Fletcher on, and he said BT there. It's a, there's a few of those cases recently. You've got BT TNT, you've got FIFA, EA sports, you've got X and Twitter, but on TNT sports, Darren Fletcher said something on the lines of, it is early in the season to say this about teams, but after what Spurs went through this week, you've really got to say it's Sarabia. <laughs> and it was beautiful. Oh, gorgeous. Beautiful. The wheels coming off the Spurs bus is always a sight to behold. But Mate. Cr- credit where it's due to Wolves, because I know it was a, a weakened Spurs team, obviously with that couple of suspensions and injuries that they had. But Wolves, you know, they kept plodding away. Um, I think I saw a stat today, the only team in the Premier League to have been behind for 87 minutes and gone to win the game. But, so yeah. fair play to them. Yeah. But Spurs... Well, after all that talk about Spurs playing two forward after getting two men sent off against Chelsea, they seemed to sit back as soon as they got that goal. They, I think they had two shots on target the entire game. Yeah, I think showed the injuries and suspensions. Yeah. I think that confidence we've kind of seen from Spurs throughout the season 100%. definitely wasn't there at the weekend, which you could argue no fault of their own. I think yeah. a lot of teams would struggle with four of their best players oh, out. Definitely. but. Um, if that happened to Arsenal, we'd be sitting on this podcast <laughs> defending <laughs> the absolute life out of them. Yeah. No, I, I think the context is needed, but Spurs, obviously, that's a big hammer blow for them. Yeah. Leading until the 90th minute and then, you know, going, going and losing yeah. the game. And the tough but, games do keep coming for them as well. You've got Villa after the international break. Then you've got Man City after that. Then you've got West Ham. Then you've got Newcastle. That yeah, gives they've got you a very tough run of games. Yeah. But City as well have a tough little run of games. They I do. think Arsenal really need to to try and capitalise in yeah, these. I don't next really want to put that into the into the world. I've been here before, Kers. <laughs> We've both been here before. Was, was be last fair, season Brentford, so was last season enough. an anomaly when it comes to Arsenal keep it keeping the pace, keeping the pace? Was last season an anomaly? Or is this that new mentality? That would be the thing to see. But we did mention Wolves there. And after me taking multiple victory laps in this podcast on a range of things, I do think we should stop for a second and let you take your victory lap. I, I didn't quite think Spurs were going to lose and you were very very adamant. Bang on the money. Bang on, Bang the, on the money. money. 2-1. It wasn't just predicting a Wolves win con. I predicted 2-1 as well. When that goal went in at the end, I was sat there with a smug, smug look on my face. Thinking back to the the pod predictions yeah. last week, after that but, goal went in, it was very much you three, me zero. <laughs> it was, it literally was. Oh, Jose was coming out of me, but pardon, you're lucky, <laughs> lucky boy. Me. What a lucky Saturday! They don't call him the special one for nothing. I tell you that much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good good result for Wolves. I think the perseverance to to keep plodding along, and then obviously the bit of quality from Sarabia, even the finish from Lamina as well. Um, yeah. 
not an easy finish at all. It's coming across him and he sort of just swung a leg and guided it into the bottom corner. So, yeah, good, great result for Wolves. Obviously, I predicted it bang on, so I will definitely take that all day long. A prediction long that got you the... That got you the win with the predictions this week. It was a, it wasn't, it wasn't a classic predictions weekend by any stretch. It never seems to be. <laughs> I don't think we've had any classics. I think the most points one of us has got. I don't know what it was, but it's definitely no, we, not. We've a had lot. we've had sevens. We had a seven oh, six okay. one week. We had a seven all one week. Don't do don't do us down oh, okay. that much. I'll give us credit. I'll give us yeah. credit. But this week was four one. You got the Wolves prediction, as we say, spot on, and then we both got. Liverpool to win. I was so close. I was so close on Sunday to to getting victory from the jaws of defeat. There was a point where it was 2-0 in the Knotts Forest West Ham game. It was 2-0 to Liverpool. I was like, what I need I needed two correct scores because we have the same to win or same result. So I needed two correct scores. And there was a point I was like, oh, come on. And then washed away in front of my eyes. Ah. Uh. We you yeah. got to, you got to take that one on the chin, sir. You do. That does lead us with an overall score of nine six, with five game weeks to go before Christmas, and an overall score of fifty two to forty. It's close. It's close enough. It's close enough. Yeah, I do. I think we're two weeks away, two straight weeks away from you claiming the week by week, but the the overall scoreline that can go all the way down to the wire. I need some need some good results. Similar to the good result I had in the FPL this week. Here it goes. An Here unbelievable goes. week. Captain Salah, 32 points. I thought, fantastic. Haaland's not going to do much. And then Captain Haaland got 32 as well. But I only lost 16 points on that because Haaland in the team, just not captain. You got Simakas, got me 15. That may or may not have been someone I forgot to transfer out. He may or may not have going to be on my bench, but I'll take the points. Harlan, it's Harlan. Saliba, I got nine. Adingra, I got nine, which is an absolute big old differential. Adingra. Watkins, six. A, a total of 98 points. Clawed back 34 points on you there, Kiz. Only a two point gap in the league. Not a good week for me. Not a Over- good week for me. And you're yeah. finally out of that fourth position as well, maybe. Uh, maybe add. You're up, up Char- to third. Our friend Charlie Wills in the mud, two points below me. You two points above me, and then the other man in the in the league. Nine-point lead on myself, and a seven-point lead on you, kids. I climbed two million in the overall over the weekend. I was 4.5 million. I'm now 2.5 million. I had as bang average a week as you can get. I was literally on the average score of 64. Nothing to write home about. Obviously, Haaland saved me, really, yeah. um, with Fume. the captain choice last game of the weekend. Watkins and Diaby both with returns, but nothing to write home about, both with six. Bowen, eight points, obviously, scoring that goal. So, clawed back a few. Then everyone else, nothing. Son, nothing. Wang He Chan, nothing. Martinelli continues to disappoint since I brought him in. I think he will be out going out the door. Obviously, I'm going to wait and see what happens yeah. in international break because there's always the risk of injuries or whatever else. Then defensively, no clean sheets, no returns. I had Trippier, Gahey, Cash and Ariola all with nothing. So, well, no returns. Trippier, Gahey, one point. Cash and Ariola with two. And then slightly annoyingly, I had Poro on my bench who ended up with five points, but nothing, nothing too disastrous yeah. there. Um, just, just a bog standard week, really. Um, obviously, 
an improvement on the absolute disaster that was last week. But oh, what can I just say for a second? I went from thirteen points to ninety-eight. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I think you've saved yourself. We were talking about you would be getting the, yeah. the sack if you were actual manager. <laughs> I think you might have. Was I had my managers buying themselves time. I, I had my Bournemouth two-nil win there. You did, you did. So uh, you and Big Andoni can stay another week. <laughs> we're having um, a great couple of weeks. Me and Andoni on the lash, mate. <laughs> Get those Baileys in, little Christmas tipples. Listen to Stay Now by E17. Um, oh, I don't need to be told enjoy. that twice. <laughs> Get it on. Get your big white coat on and just enjoy that. But yeah, a bang average week for me. I've obviously lost some ground on everyone else in our league, annoyingly. Yeah, but yeah. it's something we said before, isn't it? That's the thing with fantasy. One bad week or someone having one very good week can absolutely flip things on its head. And fortunately for me, that is what's happened because I was starting to really drag behind. I've been sort of quite there since the start of the season and one good week spins it around. But on the reverse, if you have one good week, you can fly back ahead. That's, yeah. That's the danger. That's yeah, the danger. The beauty. the beauty of FPL, I do think I need to make some changes because there's some players in there that have been consistently a little bit shit. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Sometimes maybe shit. Um, so, yeah. I, have I you won Cody Jet Kiss? You have, haven't you? I have. I was just going to yeah. say... Yeah, I have. I would. I would wildcard again if I had another one. Um, because, January first. Yeah, I could do with a bit of shipping out. Yeah, I've got Madison there, free to be transferred out, which will open up some money there. But I do want to wait towards the latter end of the international break, just in case anything happens. So we'll we'll hold off on that until latter end of next week. See, we bring in. But anything on the week of football, FPL, anything before we move on there, kids. I don't think so. I think we've covered that off. Fantastic. Let's wrap up there. And that is all for part one of the show. So with us in another international break, the last one, thankfully, for 2023 and just about approaching a third of the way through the season. Myself and Kieran thought we'd have a little reflect over the predictions we made at the start of the season, see what we've got right, what we've got almost right, and what we've got embarrassingly wrong. And there's a little bit of everything in there. So on those episodes before the season started, Kiers, we did predict our full 20. And on a little look through, so I have five teams that are within one place of where they currently are in the league. I've got Man City. They're in sec- I have them in second. They're currently first. Brentford, I'm in 10th. They're 11th. Palace, I had in 12th. They're 13th. Fulham, I'm in 15th. They're 16th. Sheffield, I'm in 20th. And they are 19th. And then yourself, you had United in 5th. They're currently 6th. Newcastle in 6th. They're in 7th. Brighton in 9th. They are 8th. Forest in 16th. And they are 15th. And then you have Liverpool spot on in 2nd. Brentford spot on in 11th. And I have nobody spot on currently, which is always fun. All knowledge in the mud, I reckon. <laughs> uh, we're, we're there, thereabouts. We're a third of the way through the season. We've got a few teams that are floating around. But you want to all lick through those top 20 predictions, kids. Is there any that you're embarrassed about? Any, what is the reverse of a victory lap? An, <laughs> an, embarrassment, an embarrassment lap that you want to take for us? Here? Well, I think based on the fact I just took a, a victory lap over Wolves beating Spurs 2-1, <laughs> I think the fact I, I put them down 19th, I, I should Pardon? perhaps be taking... Oh, Wolves in, Wolves in 19th. I was going to say, you didn't predict Spurs that badly, but no. I, I didn't. I did have them down in uh, in 8th, which we both did, actually. Did. But um, 
I, yeah, I think Wolves down in nineteenth, having a look at it, is possibly my my worst of the predictions so yeah. far. Not necessarily miles off it in terms of their actual league position. Um, they're obviously twelfth at the minute, but yeah, it's not great, is it? And then obviously we both have Spurs down in eighth, which is still very early doors, and because of how tight points wise it is at the top, I don't think you can say that's necessarily an absolute stinker with them now sitting in fourth. Yeah. Um, it's one of but, those that will level out. I think we are going to be wrong, but how wrong, yeah. I'm not too sure. I, I still fancy them for top four, but yeah, I yeah as you say, it's so close up there. You just never know what can happen. We're yeah. only 12 games in. Not so. necessarily the order, but I think the teams that are currently in the top four, they will be the top four at the end of the season. Yeah, in terms of victory lap, I'm, I'm definitely going to highlight oh, my is, Liverpool bang straight, on in second. I'm he's going straight through to victory lap. Because I think out of everyone that done the predictions, not just me and yourself, I was the only one who had Liverpool up there. You yourself had Liverpool in seventh. So again, we're early doors. It's very tight points-wise up there. But the current state of play and uh, how the season's going so far would suggest Liverpool... At least top four, I'd say. You never know, but I would say so. So I'm taking that as a as an early season victory. What about yourself? So so that's one that's one you're happy with there, Kiers. As you sort of alluded to and touched on at the start of the season, alongside the podcast predictions, I did message through to my friends, my family, and get their predictions. And so you mentioned they were with Liverpool Kiers. I did just have a check and there was one of my friends that had them in second as well. And my dad has Liverpool to win the league. Oh. But he does also have Everton to finish fourth. So you can't get everything right. <laughs> Take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. He obviously loves Merseyside. <laughs> he bloody lives for Merseyside. Which if you knew him, you'd know how wrong that statement <laughs> is. <laughs> um, but victory laps for myself. Not, I don't know if it's victory lap territory, but still having Arsenal top end of the table not everyone did a lot of them were that man city liverpool we're still right tight with them i think that's definitely one um not quite embarrassing but one we mentioned a few times is that aston villa brighton we were sort of one team will stay up there one team will sort of drop a couple of spots and it looks like villa at the moment is that team that have held whereas i had them drop in a couple of places and having brighton to sort of hold so not quite embarrassing but that's one where it's dropped. Annoying one is, I was checking through my notes earlier, I had Wolves, there was a point where I had Wolves in 13th, but I swapped them round with Bournemouth. And looking at the table, I would have been <laughs> been near enough with that with that one. So that's an annoying one. West Ham. West Ham's an embarrassing one. I, uh, yeah, I was just going to say that in terms of Walker shame, I think yeah. West Ham for you is the one that stands out to me. As yeah, a, I remember the a quote I said, yeah, I remember the quote I said is, they're a mess. An absolute mess, top to bottom. I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite rescind that totally. They're more just mid now. They're just, they're just a bit in... of context as well. We did do our predictions before it... the transfer window, and yeah. West Ham left their business very late. Obviously, bringing in Ward Prowse, it was all up in the air. They were, I think, they linked just with Maguire yeah. and everything. I was so. going to say, in that discussion, I'm pretty sure there's a big discussion we had on whether Maguire and McTominay would be good signings. Then neither we of did. them ended up going. So that sort of tells you where we were in respect to the transfer window. So 
with that context, it's not too bad, but it's not ideal. It's not ideal when you look at the cold, hard facts, Kiers. It's not ideal. Another one as well. Whilst room Walker shames. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to say here. I Burnley. Think. Yeah, I knew that's where that Burnley, was gonna... up in 12th, obviously you had them 14th, so slightly lower. But I think when we discussed start of the season, we both fancied Burnley with that playing style, the yeah. fact they absolutely dominated the championship. Um, obviously, got swept Vincent up Company coming in. We we did. We massively got swept up in it. Um <laughs> So they are stone bottom of the league. I think it's the term I kept saying about Luton, that they were going to be stone bottom, um, which I still think they will. But Burnley at the moment on four points, uh, it's not looking good, is it? Yeah. It's not looking good. Well, I don't know if you can say stone bottom as opposed to Luton, Sheffield United and Burnley are stone relegation. Yeah. Because there's going to be, a, I think there might be a little bit of chopping and changing in terms of who's 18th, who's 19th, who's 20th. But... From what I've seen at this point of the season, I can't see any of them getting out of that. The only one I have the the faintest hope for is Luton, from what I've seen. I think if any of them get out, it'll be Luton. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think that's fair, a fair comment. Um, with, I don't know, with Sheffield United, I still, I, I've said it like every week, but they just, they have games where they look really tough to beat. And I, I can see them like obviously getting a point away at Brighton on the weekend, that's a good result for them. I just think they can keep picking up those little odd results here and there. So I think they've got a chance. And I think when we discussed before the season, I said that bit of Premier League know-how they have in the the side might see them through late into the season in terms of like experience of being in a Premier League relegation battle um, and coming out of it on the better side of it. I think that could stand them in good stead. But as you say, Luton... Luton, another side that looking decent, like they're, they're picking up a couple of okay results. Obviously, that draw against Liverpool was a mighty result and a mighty performance as well. But I think Burnley just look hopeless, oh, don't they? They, do. they I really think, do. Yeah, Burnley look like what I think you expected Luton to be. I think that's sort of what you touched on there, where they just they don't even look like they're running teams close. At least with Luton and Sheffield United, there's a bit of life to them. Whereas Burnley are kind of just being swept to the side. Yeah, I, I think as well, I'd be interested to know when the last time was that all the newly promoted sides to the Prem got relegated. It's got to be a couple of years now. now yeah. Oh, there you go. 1997 to 98 is the only, hell, time, the only time in Premier League history all three promoted teams have gone straight back down. It was Barnsley, Bolton and Crystal Palace. What a three Only those. time in Prem history. So there you go. That would be a, a bit of a turn up for the books if they all go back down. And you've got to say, based on, I'll, I'll keep my Bournemouth agenda I was gonna, out of this. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, who if Luton yeah. do escape, who do you see dropping in? I think it would be Bournemouth. Um, for me, for, I know Fulham are down there at the moment, that, but I think the they'll just I have too much. I think they'll have too much to 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 go down. Forest get, for me, hmm, a potential. If Fulham get swept up in it though, like. If they continue the way they're going, because there was a point where we kind of went from, yeah, they're a very mid-table-y team to, oh, are they, are they starting to drop now? Are they... Yeah. They've had a real struggle the last few games. I still just think they've got too much quality to go down. Like Paulinian in the middle, unbelievable player. They've got a few other real quality players in that team. I just can't see them going down. For me, if Luton or Sheffield United stay up, it will be either Bournemouth or... Forest that go down for me potentially Everton. I know, I know, we've just spoke about it earlier in the 
in the pod today saying fair bunch, play to them. Yeah, They're doing better than we thought, side. but it only takes it to yeah. flip back on the other side and they lose five on the trot and then you're thinking, oh, they could be in trouble here. So And they definitely have the ability to just completely oh, capitulate. That's the thing. Absolutely. With absolutely. But yeah, it would be would be interesting if they all, all go straight back down again. It's yeah. a possibility. As I've a few times, we're only a third of the way through. A lot, a lot can happen in the next third, let alone the next two thirds. So it'd be interesting where it goes. The one, I don't want to call it a victory lap, because I think it's probably the most obvious league position there is. But the fact that we had Brentford sort of 10th or 11th, and they are now quite firmly yeah. <laughs> in 11th place, just cements them as the most incredible mid-table team there is. Yeah, they truly see. are that classic. They, they'll get the odd, odd result against a big team at home and then just kind of keep ticking away with wins against the lower sides. But a real tough team to play away. I'm sure they will They would definitely still be there come the end of the season. No doubt in my mind. Oh, definitely. Any other league position notes, comments or anything, Kiz, before we drop on to the next section of our predictions? Uh, not really. I think on the whole, it's pretty much as you'd expect with the few exceptions we've kind of spoke about. I think Burnley... A lot of people probably fancied them to do a bit better than they have. Usually, yeah. every season you see one of the promoted teams does pretty well. Yeah. It's it's been quite common over the last few years. There's always one team that comes up that really adapts well to the prem. It's just not happened so far this season. Um, so I think that's one probably both of us can uh, <laughs> accept defeat on. Um, yeah. Other than that, I I think obviously it's still early doors, but I think it will shape up fairly pretty much how we've got it. I think you potentially having United in third, they've not looked great. I had them in fifth, but they could potentially even be lower than that. I know they're sixth at the minute, but the way they're actually playing and the sides they've played against and who they've still got to play, um, you could definitely see them slipping further down with the likes of Newcastle, Brighton, West Ham, Chelsea, even Brentford, only all all within five points of them at the moment. I think you could definitely fancy United to to slip down just above that sort of mid-table range. So I think we'll both be be a bit off it with that United prediction. But aside from that, nothing really stands out for me. We say of Walker James, you obviously took your Liverpool victory lap. I don't think I took my Liverpool walk of shame enough having them down in seventh the way they've been this season so far. I just didn't, there was nothing, I think I said in the preview pods, I just didn't see anything I liked of them to really push onto that level. I think the seventh was maybe a bit harsh, but there was nothing I saw from them in the build-up to the season that was like, I could see them pushing up there, but they've been fantastic in the in the most part this season so far. When you look at the only game they've lost was that sort of VAR shambles game. I think yeah. that sort of says has enough from them. Obviously, you can say exactly the same statement again about Arsenal, but with Liverpool, that's the only game that they lost, and there's a very good excuse if you want to call it around it. So yeah, that's a big walk of shame. But we'll go into the the next sort of little section, Kiers. I'll give as much time on this next one as we gave <laughs> predicting it, Harland. Top scorer, no, no brainer. It's just the man scores goals. He's on yeah. thirteen already. Um, Twelve games in, he's so on thirteen averaging... goals, and he doesn't even feel like he's been as dominant as last year no. in terms of his play. But he's just picking up goals because he's that good. 
it does help when the ref gives penalties um, <laughs> to City every week, but we won't. I do not want to discuss any more about VAR or refereeing after us being rattled oh. last week. So I will give that no airtime. But yeah, that's a no-brainer really, isn't yeah. it? The next one, we've both got Saka for top assists. He's currently on four assists. But top of the assist table, we have Neto with seven. Yeah. I, I still fancy our predictions. I'm just having a look now. And obviously Neto picked up an injury recently so yeah. he's expected out for a while then you've got Trippier on six assists and there's a few on five so you've got Doku, Madison who's also injured, Ward Prowse, Watkins and then Saka is with a few others on four. Um, a bunch on four there. Yeah, Vladimir, with, with Vladimir Soufal on four. Really? Yeah. Slight, slightly strange one there. Um, St- he was an absolute FPL powerhouse a couple of years ago. That season where, where West Ham finished in the in the Europa places. Oh, it was an absolute diamond. Diamond in the dirt. Um, but I, I do think Arsenal haven't really got going attacking-wise. Obviously, we mentioned earlier about the compi- combined front three and I think Saka, Martinelli and Ketia with, with 10 goals between them in the league. So not really yet hitting the heights of last season. Although performance-wise, you might say, you know, Saka and Martinelli have still looked very good. It's just the numbers aren't quite there. Obviously, yeah. To the, to the level of last season anyway. So I think when we really... I know we've been saying it for quite a few weeks now, when we really click. Um, but I still do, do think we've got a lot of other gears to go into, which is promising yeah. that the fact we're, we are where we are. But I, I still fancy Saka up there. Um, obviously, there's a lot of competition there. Ward-Prowse has been a great signing for, for West Ham and he'll yeah. pick up assists just from his set-piece delivery, which is unbelievable. Madison, if, he, if that injury is not as serious as as obviously feared for him, no doubt will come back in. Trippier always gets assists in that Newcastle side. So there's Salah as well, obviously on four as well. Um, there's others around that can do it, but I just think, I fancy Saka, obviously there's a bit of Arsenal bias in there, but I do fancy Saka still. What about you? What are your thoughts on uh, assisters? Do you still, would you change that prediction now if you could, or would you stick with the star boy himself? I think I'm not away from it. I think he's still definitely going to be up there. I wouldn't quite nail it on or anything like that. I think that collection, like Doku is on an absolute run of... Obviously, he's got five assists there. Four of those came in the game against Bournemouth. Stat padding. Mad stat padding. That was insane. I think that, was a fir- that equaled the most assists in a game from Doku there. But I think you've sort of got your usual suspects around there. You've got Salah. Alvarez coming through this season as well. Madison injury dependent. Trippier's always going to be around there. I think I think Trippier's probably going to be. I'm going to put my money on Trippier if okay. anyone goes above him. I think. But there's a lot of really good competition. There's a lot of really good attacking players who notch up those assists. You look at Watkins in there where he's got six goals and he's got five assists. Where he's he's on the on the both sides of it. But you say about Arsenal there and not clicking and being up there, there is going to be, have to be a point where they click. Yeah. Or they're going to drop off. So that would be interesting. But yeah, I think if anyone from Arsenal is going to be up near the top of that assist table, it will be Saka. So I'm not going to drop away from it too much. But the last one in this little subsection is one we've touched on a lot across the season. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> and I will take full blame for that. You say blame, absolutely. You wear you wear your Andoni hate on your chest. 
No one needs a, no one gets a prize for guessing who my uh, first sacking was down as. Yeah, so I've got David Moyes, who sort of there was a point towards the start of the season. I think we even said on the pod, it's like, oh well, that's a prediction blown. And then they had a little tough run recently, where as I briefly mentioned earlier, it felt like if Sheffield, if Nottingham Forest beat them at the weekend, he'd be in real danger going into this international break. He got the win, so he's safe for now. I think if they go on this little extended run, if they go two, three games loss and they drop down a few places, he really could be in danger again. But it does feel like that that West Ham board do really like him. So not yeah, sure the there. The only thing that could push that is, I know all football fans are, but West Ham fans in particular seem to be very reactionary. Oh, definitely. Um, so I, there was a point last season where they were all calling for his head until they won the Europa Conference League. And then if they, they sort of seemed yeah. to If they didn't like win that, that game, it felt like... They were good. Yeah. So so that could push it, but leagued form table, obviously, West Ham sitting in ninth at the minute, would suggest their Moyes would be pretty safe there. Um they'll be they'll be very happy with that, I'd suggest. And obviously top of their Europa League group as well at the minute. So I'd say Moyes is safe enough. But as you say, I don't think for first second, definitely not, but potentially post-Christmas if they go on a bad little run, yeah. get caught up in Europa. Then... That's the thing. You lose a couple of games as well because they've just jumped from 12th to 9th. You could yeah. very easily go the reverse. There's there's a, what, three-point gap between Everton in 14th, them in 9th. Yeah. So you could yeah. very easily go the opposite way if you go on that difficult run, as you're saying there. Your boy Iriola really feels like he's, he's on the, him and Heckenbottom. Feel like the two that are really... Weirdly, based on how terrible they have been, it doesn't feel like companies on the edge. No, I, I think because of how good they were last season, companies seem to get a bit of a, a let off. Well, it's hard to say because obviously we're not in the midst of like noise from Burnley oh, yeah. fans necessarily, That's but true. the media perception yeah. is definitely he's yeah. getting a free ride. Um, I think it's fair to say. Um, which based on how good they were in the championship last season, they should on paper be doing better than they are. And yeah, to be sat bottom, they're obviously not going to be happy with, but there's definitely not a lot of noise around it. Obviously I went for Big Andoni and I will be going for a victory out now because it's played out exactly how I said it would so far. I said, I didn't fancy them for relegation, but I think that they'd be kind of just floating around there. And because they brought a new manager in with these big, big ambitions because they've got the new owners in there, spent a bit of money. They want him to hit the ground running straight away and be playing this electric football. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to happen. And I don't think he's someone, we're talking about company, potentially getting given a bit more time. I don't think Andoni is going to have a lot of time. Um, and we've said that win at Newcastle definitely bought him a little bit of time. I really do think if they'd lost that game, it could have even been during the international break, if I'm yeah. being completely honest. I, I could really sense it coming, which is why I've been mentioning it every single week on make the pod. Sure, make sure. Um, just so I can, you know, you got you got to take the wins. We oh, have definitely. plenty of shocking We have so many losses. You've got to so get your wins. We can... We're when, podcasters when now, kids. You've got to yeah, make got, sure everybody just... is aware yeah, of your knows. wins and you try to oh, suppress no, we'll those losses. I'll do that. But yeah, obviously, there's a few other teams down there with you'd suggest the managers are in trouble, aside from Luton, really, because they've got that community feel around the club. It really feels like they're all behind the manager. 
and you know that especially that draw against Liverpool it's yeah. like they'll just they're just happy to be there really um any points for them it seems like a big bonus so I really don't closest, think he's in danger it is the closest the Premier League has felt like to a weekly FA Cup game having yeah. <laughs> having yeah. looking around it, it does always true. feel like that big it's supposed like every week's the FA Cup third round. It's a really weird, <laughs> weird thing. That magic, that magic feel at Kenilworth Road. Um, but yeah, I, I think realistically it will be, as you say, between Heckenbottom and, and Iriola for a first sacking. They, they seem like the two really on edge. Sheffield United obviously down there, which you might have yeah. expected, but that big, big loss against Newcastle, wasn't it? Um, Do you think that... Any seconds will happen now before the end of the year. Because it feels like once international break's gone, it's that real sort of games, 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 games all the way through to the new year. It feels like the next sort of window for a sacking will be the sort of beginning of the year now. Otherwise, yeah, you sort of risk throwing your new manager in right in the deep end. Do you reckon I, that'll impact yeah. any seconds or I still think there'll be one before Christmas, personally. I think based on how reactionary... Is that what you're asking Santi for? <laughs> that's all I'm asking. Please. <laughs> Please, Mr. Claus. All I want is an Iriola sacking before Christmas. <laughs> uh, I think we, we joked as well how annoyed I'll be if like Heckenbottom got sacked the day oh, before Iriola or something. It'll be I'll gorgeous. Be fuming. That's what I'm um, asking Santi for. Mr. <laughs> Sandy Claus. Oh, Mr. Sandy Claus. But yeah, I, I do think there'll be one before Christmas. I think of just how reactionary club like Premier League management is in general and, and fan bases, I think lose three or four on the trot, especially those clubs that are already down there. Um and if you get a big loss in there as well, yeah, I think they'll be gone. We all know with football it can turn in a moment. That it can. That yeah. it can. Last section we've got is about trophies here before we get a brief touch on our general predictions. And I mean brief because they were shocking. <laughs> we have the FA Cup, obviously not only started in earnest with the first and the second round draw has now come in. So we've got, I've got Chelsea to win the FA Cup. You've got Arsenal. I'll be changing mine to Cray Valley, actually. Um, <laughs> go on, the boys. But by the time, by the time this pod's fully out there, they could be, they, could be <laughs> they out. probably will be they've out got, tomorrow. Um, tomorrow day of recording. They've got, fair play to them. In their let's give them a shout out, getting a draw away at Charlton in the first round. But yeah, so it's hard, it's hard to comment on that one, isn't it? Yeah. We're not even into the third round yet. Depends what the draw's like. Some teams get a bit of a favourable run and then yeah. win it. But they're, yeah. both, they're both very FA cup teams. So they're both yeah. solid enough. Then the League Cup, I said Aston Villa, who are out. You said like Liverpool, it. who are in the next round. What are we now? Quarterfinals, I think? We are quarterfinals. So, yeah, obviously, we lost to West Ham, who then drew... Liverpool away so potentially we we uh swerved the bullet there because you don't really want to put your all into the likes of the league's cup be... well for us anyway for no. the so-called bigger teams and it would have but been a back-to-back I... back there as well if we'd have yeah Liverpool. I, I think Liverpool's a good shout from me I think they'll have a very good if you do say so yourself semi. if I do say for it say myself as we said we we've got to take the wins where we get a couple them. of Liverpool victory laps from you here oh well I'm gonna take every last bit of Liverpool, I don't know. You and, you and me dad on the take. sesh to Liverpool is what I'm here in the Merseyside. Oh, I'd happily go on a sesh to Liverpool with Shawnee. That sounds like <laughs> a, a wondrous weekend. Book me in. Book me in. Uh, and then 
Next up, we have the Champions League, where two solid shouts, I think, here. I said Bayern, Harry Kane's Bayern, and you said Real Jude Bellingham's Real Bellingham! <laughs> there it is. Belly goal! <laughs> it had to be done. <laughs> what more can I say? Real winning it all, and Bellingham is going to win it for them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I we need a, a warning him for headphone users before that section. Well, head, I am one of those bloody headphone users that just got an absolute oh. big up the belly goals. I should have expected that. <laughs> you should have. You set me up as soon as you said Real Madrid. It was like a bullet from a gun. <laughs> he was off straight oh. in there. But two teams that have been real solid in the Champions Dominant. League thus far this season. I don't think either have definitely qualified yet, but they basically both have. Yeah, I think Bayern have. I think both might have, actually. Um, I think they both won all their games. Bayern definitely have, because in, in that group where United are having a, a stinker. But yeah, yeah, I think they'll both go. They'll definitely be latter stages, won't they? Based on what they've done so far. Yeah, Bayern have definitely qualified. Uh, they're on 12. Bloody hell. They're on 12. Copenhagen are on four. Galatasaray are on four. And Man United are on three. Stinker. And then Real Madrid, they've also definitely qualified, but not necessarily in first. They're on 12 points. You've got Napoli on seven, Braga on three, Union Berlin on one. So, yeah, they're both through to the next round. Let's finish first. We can avoid them for the, the round of 16 as well. I was just going to say, we yeah. might uh, get away. Uh, we'll say this now and lose oh, our last gonna, two group games yeah, and finish second. Curse it, but... Uh, but that would be beautiful to avoid. Although you know what's going to happen. A, a big team will end up coming second in their group. and will end Oh, up we just have them. a repeat to, to Monaco a few oh, years ago. Don't, don't remind me. But anyway, it's beautiful to be back in the Champions PSG League, so also currently complain. in second place in their group. Oh, Brilliant. just put that out there. My favourite one of this little section, though, is the Europa League. And I said Roma, always a, a solid enough shout. But you said Man United. Yes, and you know what? That could be a bit of a masterclass because obviously United were in the Champions League when I predicted this. Yeah. And I predicted them to come third in their group. And it was before the draw had even been made. It was made. before the draw. And if I then saw their draw, I would have thought, fuck me, that's an awful prediction. They're getting out of that group. Obviously, they've still got a chance, but they've still got to play Bayern. And then they've got to play Galatasaray. Two tough games. So, to be honest, they could even come fourth and not even get into the Europa League, which would be even funnier. Um, but I think that's got legs because if they're doing as poorly in the league as I think they might do, they might end up towards the end of the season putting all their efforts into the Europa League in hopes of kind of getting back into the Champions League. So, so that could be could be one to watch. But obviously, they're not even in the Europa League yet. So... <laughs> I won't count my uh, chickens real, before they've hatched. A real solid shot, though. Roma are second in their group. They're on nine. Slavia Praga also on nine. And then you've got Savet on four points. Sheriff on one. So a solid one there of them to get through, at least. I, re I really like your United Europa League there, as it's developed. The last one here is, is, just, is just to show we've <laughs> taken a couple of victory laps today. A couple of walker shames. These are complete walker shames. Yours is more unlucky than mine. Rashford. I think we curse poor Timber, yeah. but can I hear an in-depth analysis into your thoughts behind Rashford 25-plus league goals <laughs> and to finish second in the Golden Boot, please? Could I get a... With his one league goal so far, could I just get a bit of analysis I, into that? I really... 
I really expect. I went on a big, a big long speech about this in the preview pod. That I really expected him to have a storming year. Evidence by me saying United in third. I was I had a bit of expectations from United this year, less than a lot of people who did have United first or second. But I had them up there. I had Rashford to really guide them. I thought he's now in his mid twenties. He's now going to go for it and really sort of kick on. And I think it's safe to say he's not done that yet. <laughs> Not quite. Um, <laughs> that lo- that laugh quite. was the smuggest. I can picture your face as you made that laugh, you prick. Oh, shame we don't have uh, some visuals as well as audio, but uh, just know I looked very smug there. Although, <laughs> saying that, as we glance onto my prediction, obviously... Well, yours, as we say, is more a lot more unlucky. You had Timber to replace Zinchenko in the starting eleven, and then to subsequently win the Arsenal player of the season... And we just never got a chance to see if that would develop. It, yeah. it was unlucky. It was an unlucky prediction. In, in my defence, the fact that Tommy Asu has, I'd say, pretty much replaced Zinchenko yeah. in our starting lineup in terms of in the big games, Arteta doesn't trust Zinchenko. You can see this season, yeah, 100%. Um, which is obviously because of his lack of defensive ability. I think it's fair to say he obviously gives us a brilliant element on the ball, um, and when we're playing the lesser teams, but. I think Tommy Asu's done very well this season and it is a real shame because I think Timber would have been a really big player for us. Obviously, hopefully he's meant to be back early in the new year, I believe. So Yeah. Um, maybe he storms that that four or five month period. We will see. If he wins the player of the season <laughs> with half a knee and playing half and playing half a season, that what would be the greatest prediction of all time. And I'd be doing <laughs> the longest victory lap of all time um, come the end of the season. But I can't see it. But yeah, so hopefully that, we'll have him back soon. Yeah, That does bring us to the end of our little prediction update. We'll, I guess, have another check-in in another 12 games as we, at that point, will really have a good idea of how the league is shaking up. But that is everything for this week's episode. Kieran, as always, thank you very much for joining me. Pleasure as always. Thank you very much. Thank you everyone for listening. Have a great week. Speak to you next week. Baby, if you got to go away, don't think I could take the pain. Won't you stay another day? Say it's the final case Won't you stay alive?